0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about
1: scientific evidence of a Eucharistic miracle. Yeah, we're lucky enough to be joined by Ray Gehalba, and we're going to be talking about some really famous instances of Eucharistic miracles. And we're going to look at the scientific evidence that supports and gives credence to them being authentic.
2: One of my favorite occupations in life is to talk about what is most important, the Holy Eucharist, the source and summit of our faith. So let's get started.
0: All right, great to be back with you guys. On a Zoom call, Ray, really excited about being with you. I mean, you have a really awesome YouTube channel. Um, you've got a movie coming out about Eucharistic miracles. Um, I I love the Eucharist. Like, I'm all about it. I, I took a friend there today who's never been there. I can't mm. wait to get started on the scientific evidence that the Eucharist is really Jesus's heart. You know, I mean, this yes. is a, a really beautiful episode. I hope a lot of people tune into.
3: You know, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, I never thought that Eucharistic miracles would blow up like this. The, uh, I put out an eight-minute video or nine-minute video, and it reached over 400,000 people. So people are interested in this, and I hope you watching can uh, listen to this evidence and uh, really see the glory of the Eucharist and, like Ryan said, the heart of Jesus.
2: Well, I have to say, Ray, I was one of those views and my heart exploded as well with joy and anticipation to see this production come to fruition. I know for you, we, we chatted on the phone and just to hear your enthusiasm and your excitement behind this project, I can't wait to share more with our viewers and our listeners. And, you know, I just want to give a real quick shout out to our Patreons. If it wasn't for our Patreons, we wouldn't have this show. So we really appreciate your generosity. If you're considering giving... Generously to the show, so that more and more material just like this gets out to more people. Go to patreon.com forward slash the Catholic Talk Show. You'll see every way that you can support us. And our sponsors are phenomenal people. We are on the same wavelength of bringing the Catholic Church and her theology and her message of salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ out to the world as far as we can go. Scapulars.com, Ave Maria University, and Exodus 90. Check them out today. They are fantastic friends. And together, we will continue to build out the beautiful fabric of our culture as Catholics. All right. Thank you for that, Father Rich. So today, we're focusing on the Eucharist. And the
1: Eucharist, as the catechism says, is the source and summit of the Christian faith. The Eucharist is the greatest love story of all time containing a tiny white host, right? As uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen said. Now, what we're talking about today, very specifically, are instances where the Aristotelian accidents of the Eucharist, right? So I think there's, and Father Rich, we should probably explain this a little bit for you know all the non-Catholics or maybe uh, poorly catechized Catholics listening, right? Catholics don't believe that the bread and wine now become blood and. Um, flesh. What we believe is that their reality has changed, right? The accidental nature of the material that comprises them remains the same. So if you were to look at the the host at any mass, you would look at it and say, this is wheat, or you'd say, this is wine. But the reality around it has changed. And one of the great analogies is that um, the person who has authority to change the reality to something, the priest, is confecting that actual transubstantiation. It's kind of like if a a police officer says, you are now under arrest. Well, your DNA has not changed, but your reality has completely altered because that person who has the authority to change your reality with his words have done it. That's what Catholics believe very briefly on the Eucharist, right? So that's a good thing to dispel up front. But today we're talking about instances where actually where these bread and wine Aristotelian accidents have turned into for what all scientific research can point to is the actual flesh of a human heart, which is astounding.
0: Yeah, I would take a step back, like, especially with Advent and a lot of things that are going through there, you know, with the readings and everything and the poverty of the soul like everybody experiences poverty, right? Um, They experience like, you know, pains and suffering and, you know, um, just a lot of things that life brings upon them. And, you know, we look to, you know, self-help books, we look to, you know, friends, we look to all these people to help us along the way. When in reality, it, it is the very nature of the Eucharist that we bring ourselves to mass in that poverty and God renews us. How does he renew us? We eat his flesh. That's just the way he prescribed it. This is God. This is what he did. This is what, what we should do. And, and lowering ourselves at that altar, bringing this to him, receiving him, it, it is literally the, the crux of our faith. And so, like, as we start talking to Ray, thank you for being on the show, we start talking to Ray about the scientific proof of this. Right now, now we start getting into something a little bit more deeper, right? Where God actually reveals Himself in a scientific manner that He's really pursuing us in our poverty to reach into our hearts and renew us, right? Only He can do that, and and doing it with flesh of His body of His heart, this is amazing. I can't wait to get started.
3: You know, Ryan, I think that uh, you focused on the poverty, right? And we've brought up the heart several times how these Eucharistic miracles are always the heart of Jesus. And I think a lot about Pentecost, right? And Peter's preaching. And what is, what did the scripture say that those listening were cut to the heart and they asked what must we do to be saved? You know, to think that that is the impact that we could have, that the Holy spirit could come into our lives through receiving Jesus in the Eucharist and allow us to help soften the hearts of those around us is amazing. And to think even for those of us that may not be at that level, maybe you feel totally unworthy and no one really cares to receive the heart of Jesus and to realize that your heart that is so uh, aching could give you the grace to persevere and be a saint. That is pretty powerful. So God uh, I've always liked the sacred heart of Jesus on my YouTube channel, the joy of the faith. It's the image of the sacred heart of Jesus. And to to realize that, wow, this this might be what brings people back to devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which has been very popular in antiquity, but isn't as recent would be. uh, It'd be amazing if if God could work through that. So again, thank you guys for having me on.
1: You mentioned your YouTube channel, uh, Joy of Faith. Great channel, everyone. Go check that out. Subscribe to that. We'll put a link below. Um, But Ray, you've also got a movie coming out. Now, you have a trailer for it. We're gonna show you the full trailer at the end of this video so you can check it out. But right now, we wanna give you just a little bit of a taste of that trailer so that we can have context for the rest of this episode. So let's go ahead and roll that real quick.
3: This is my body. For centuries, Christians have debated what Jesus meant. Was he speaking symbolically? Did the bread become his body? Does it even matter? This is the most important debate in Christianity as the answer changes everything. Christ has given us a series of Eucharistic miracles where the bread has transformed into his flesh to show this truly is the body of Christ. These miracles have been studied by medical doctors from around the world with cutting edge technologies, but unfortunately most Christians don't even know that they exist. To share this truth, we are making the first ever Eucharistic miracle movie.
1: All right, cool. Now that's awesome. Uh, we're going to put the full trailer again. So everyone watching, um, if you're listening, go to the YouTube channel. If you're watching, wait till the end, we'll show the full trailer. And we'll also put a link on the page for this episode on our website. So that gives you a little bit of context of, of Ray's
2: ministry and And how it is. Just absolutely impressed, dude. I mean, my goodness. I mean, you could just tell your heart, we're talking about the heart. Your heart is really in this and we're so excited about really breaking into the science.
3: You know, it's so funny, Father, because I, uh, I'm i just a normal guy, right? I've, I've never worked in Hollywood, but uh, an Oscar award-winning, uh, I guess, director reached out to me and said, hey, Ray, you want to make this movie? And a producer reached out also in Hollywood, and it ends up they go to the same parish in LA, they didn't even know each other. So the Holy Spirit is totally guiding this, and I'm so grateful that he's oh. allowing me to, yeah, help help work through this. But um, yeah, so we're going to focus on three Eucharistic miracles, Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina, Texla Mexico, and Lanciano in Italy. But the first thing I want to say is that what you're hearing from me uh, in this episode is not just me giving my opinion or uh, telling something that I've read. I've actually spoken with doctors who have studied these, some of them personally, others that have written books. There's one doctor, Dr. Franco Serafini in Italy. He spent five years going to these different Eucharistic miracle sites, speaking with the doctors via email, uh, the people that witnessed these miracles and wrote a 200 page book on this. We're working on getting it published in English. So again, what I say here, I'm not a doctor. I studied materials engineering and, uh, I just am relaying the messages from them. And, uh, you'll see, and if you go to my YouTube channel in that video, you'll actually get to see the documents and the interviews from these doctors. So it's, it's amazing, awesome. but the first we're going to focus on is Tixla, Mexico. That one was in 2006. A lot of times you hear about miracles and they're like, Oh, they were centuries ago. Yeah. How can we confirm these? This was one in the last two decades, you know, 2006, I'm sure a lot of you watching this video were alive in 2006, you know? (laughs) So this is my favorite Eucharistic miracle because it's so recent and was studied so detailed. And especially because I was able to interview the doctor via Skype, who himself analyzed this for three months. He had it in his laboratory and did yeah, incredible investigation. So the story of this is in October, 2006, uh, a nun was distributing Holy Communion as an extraordinary minister. And all of a sudden she looked down and a host was bleeding. Mm. She started crying and, and brought it over to the priest and the whole parish was amazed. This was a retreat that was going on. And uh, he put it in a pix and it sat there for four years. Mm. And then it was finally analyzed. That's what you see in a lot of these miracles is that uh, I, I guess a claim about the Catholic church is that they rushed to proclaim everything a miracle. But in a lot of these, these miracles, sit there for years before they're analyzed so you see that in this miracle but what's a what's a pix
2: is that like
1: a it's like a, a little pix is a, a little yeah you, it's
3: you basically
2: like, it's a receptacle for the eucharist for distribution to the sick so gotcha. a pix is used by a priest or an extraordinary minister of holy communion to take the eucharist and to preserve the eucharist in a reverent way when we're carrying it from one place to another or gotcha. back to the tabernacle
3: Exactly. So uh, when I interviewed Dr. Lazo, he, he only speaks Spanish, so I had like an interpreter next to me uh, doing the whole translation. But he wrote in an official document that, um, that could be presented in court. He, he focuses on legal medicine. So he actually thought this was just like a case of homicide. He didn't realize that this was a Eucharistic miracle. And so he wasn't aware of the nature of what he was examining beforehand. Exactly. He was not.
1: So, this, <laughs> was, this was a blind, arbitrary test that he's running without knowing that he's trying to confirm
3: this or that. This is just, okay, that's important to note, I think. It is, it is. So, there were two phases of investigation, right? Um, I'll go through these really quick. But basically, at first, he was just brought what he thought was a tissue, and they analyzed it, and found it was heart tissue type AB blood, whatnot. Then they actually brought in the whole host, and he looked at it and discovered the most amazing thing I've ever heard from a Eucharistic miracle is that the blood came from inside the host. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Wow. That's so, yeah. So, wow. and he, he was able to see this by turning it on its side and doing like scanning electron microscopy mm. to, to tell that, um, basically blood the farther. Yeah. Basically it was like, a like when you get cut blood goes from the inside and, and it comes to the outside. So, You'd be able to tell this easily because say you take a host, how thick is the host? A couple of millimeters, right? If you put a liquid on it, it's going to just disintegrate. Yeah. Right. So that ruled out the possibility of blood coming, you know, someone just placing a tissue or whatever on top of it. So he actually stated this legally quote, the possibility of bleeding coming from the outside to the inside is ruled out. Mm. So this was, Documented uh, his his name and signature and logo and everything is on there. You can see that on my YouTube channel. But it was amazing to think that he was willing to put his name to this. And in our interview, I even asked him, "Did people think you were faking this and you know making it up or whatnot?" He said, "Yeah, even my own team who analyzed it with me were they were amazed." Uh, another thing that was incredible was that they did DNA testing on this 2006, pretty recent. You know, I think the testing was actually done in 2010 because uh, it, it waited for several years, like I mentioned before. But when they did this DNA testing, the results were inconclusive. And the team first did those DNA tests and said, yeah, the results are inconclusive. And he was like, what do you mean? So they did tests over and over again. He said that he's done thousands of tests and never once was the DNA testing inconclusive.
1: Hmm. By inconclusive, do you mean it's just not producing enough uh, material strands for them to even determine
3: exactly to code it or to even determine what classification of DNA is what kind of they, level they could tell it was human, there. but they couldn't, they couldn't code it. Okay, so and that's something that we're going to go into in our movie. Uh, because, uh, like I said before, I'm not a doctor. So but I spoke with Dr. Franco Serafini, who's the cardiologist that wrote that book. And he's sp- he'd spoken with geneticists and whatnot. And whatnot so we're going to get that in more detail. But I think it's one of the um, amazing things that Jesus shows us is that, hey, here's the greatest testing really that you have and it's still inconclusive because I am a mystery, you know. The, the <laughs> that's, Eucharist-
2: that's something that strikes me too, Ray. Is the the fact that you know we we were talking about nuances before the show, like proof or evidence, and you know, really leaning the direction of like this is evidence, right? So this is evidential in your in scientific yeah. study. This is something that is produced from that scientific study, and what I'm sitting here <laughs> listening to is like, whoa, what a mystery. Right? Like yes. a total mystery. Now the mystery is really being unveiled, but even as it's unveiled through evidence, it's still a mystery that's just so captivating because there is such a power that we can't really discern or
3: exhaust completely. Exactly. It's it's amazing because what does sacrament mean? Mystery. Yeah. Right. It is. So to see that like the most holy sacrament, right? That's, that's what, what uh, the Holy Eucharist is referred to is uh, a mystery that boggles even science. So um, one of the things that a lot of skeptics will be like, well, how do we know that this wasn't just made up or, uh, you know, you faked this or whatnot. Yeah. We have video footage of them having the bloody host in the lab. How wonderful. That's I going to be in the movie? Well, we, I don't know if we can get rights to that film. I hope so. Uh, Cause that would be very powerful. Oh, yeah. I don't personally own that, but, um, but yeah, that would be really incredible. Now, a lot of people, even to that point, they say, Oh, well maybe, maybe that happened, but uh, you know, you have it, but it was just made like a day before, you know, you mm-hmm. took some like heart tissue from someone and put it on there. Now, I was able to contact uh, Dr. Jason DeGregorio, who's a pathologist, pathologists study tissues. And uh, he actually said this, if you guys want to roll the clip.
4: In order to replicate the Eucharistic miracles, one would need to take tissue from a patient who has type AB blood. Second of all, it would have to come from human heart tissue in a patient who has some sort of inflammatory pathologic process going on in the heart. Furthermore, it would only be able to be a small biopsy or portion of heart tissue removed. One can't take a large chunk of heart tissue from a living person without killing him or her. And then lastly, one would have to preserve that tissue in formalin or formaldehyde so that it would not deteriorate over days years decades hundreds of years and then one would have to take that tissue that has been preserved that has been taken out of a patient that has the exact right blood type and then place it on top of a host that would be frankly as miraculous as the miracle that we're examining here
1: So I I did have a quick question. Where is Tixla in Mexico? And what are maybe a little bit more about the retreat or the spiritual, the spirituality of that moment too, because the scientific evidence is incredibly important to those of us who have maybe more, uh, as in the apostle spirituality, but there's also a real spiritual depth to be understood from this, this display of divine love, the display of this you know, the, the sacred heart of Christ. Any, any insight into that, um, aspect of the story? Yeah. So, um,
3: what I'll say is this, is that Eucharistic miracles are not something that you see equally across history. What I've seen is that in the last 50 to a hundred years, there have been more and more Eucharistic miracles and in, in doing this and at different churches. People have come up to me after church and said, I was in Mexico and I, Eucharist, or I witnessed this Eucharistic miracle in Guadalajara. And another, my friend who was interpreting heard about that one and another one. So, and then you hear of ones in New York. If you Google uh, EWT and Eucharistic miracle, you hear of one that was thrown out. You know, I've heard of another one that was in New York that was thrown out. You know, I guess the bishop didn't want to look into it or whatnot. Um, These things are happening more and more because I think we're becoming more and more skeptical. And even to the point of this science, right? We're presenting this. uh, This is cutting edge technology done by doctors. Uh, A lot of people say, oh, well, they have to be atheistic doctors to actually have any merit. But uh, where do we see that anywhere? You know, Mm -hmm. God is showing us that if if you need to see me, Mm. I will show you myself through these miracles with the best technology you have. You know, this, this one in 2006 that I find is most miraculous or most incredible because the degree to which the, the discovery is made, that no, never before had I heard of a Eucharistic miracle where blood came from the inside. Never before had I been able to speak with the doctor. He's still alive, right? He's going to be in this movie, hopefully, um, that said it was in my lab for 90 days. And, and this goes into another area of, of the science. White blood cells were found in the tissue, which means that it was living. So this not only had been sitting there for four years, the heart tissue was still alive. And blood cells would die in what? A matter of, of a day, maybe a day at the most, probably 12 hours. Exactly. Yeah. Because they, uh, <laughs> well, th- there's a lot of interviews that I go into with <laughs> sure. pathologists so they can tell you best, but, um, it's, it's amazing to think that God not only shows us these miracles, but he makes them living for even the the most skeptical, of doctors to be like, how is this possible? Like every single doctor is like, there's, how is that possible? You know, there's never the doctor in Mexico that I spoke with said he's never before seen a, a tissue that was, that he could so clearly uh, see the, um, what was it? I don't, I don't remember the technical term, but I think you, I think I watched one of your videos and you said basically that the white
1: blood cell was consuming, um, like mm. either a lipid or some sort of uh, fatty
3: molecule, which is a sign of actual, of, of what a white blood cell does. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. in that, in that moment. So what do white blood cells do? White blood cells are like the defenders of the body. So they only are in the heart when the heart is under stress. So what, uh, we're going to jump ahead to, uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, Dr. Frederick Zogaby, who was on History Channel, National Geographic, did over 10,000 autopsies. He's a specialist. He said that that type of uh, infiltration of the white blood cells into the heart tissue is because someone was probably beaten across the chest. And who do we know that was beaten across the chest? Jesus. So to see that that even he himself was amazed. He was like, what? These white blood cells, they should have died by now. Are you sure that they weren't preserved in formaldehyde? So these tissues just being set in a picks or in Argentina, just placed in a, in a little vial of water. You know, God is doing uh, amazing things to these miracles. And it's really incredible to see scientists from all over the world finding the same patterns. And I'll jump to another pattern. So we have heart tissue, right? That the heart was suffering hence the the white blood cells mm-hmm. living also the white blood cells and it was type A B blood so A B blood was found on the Shroud of Turin, and it is something that you found it you find in every Eucharistic miracle. Even the Sudarium Oviedo, which is the face cloth of Jesus, A B blood. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing to see this uh, these patterns throughout these miracles and that's something that we'll go into more in the movie. So I and then finally
2: that's pretty impressive, Ray, to, to even consider that throughout the history of the church, from the Shroud of Turin, you know, from, from Veronica's veil, mm-hmm. from all the way through, you know, Eucharistic miracles that have occurred throughout time and then concentrated even more, as you were saying, seemingly with like the, you know, this scientific movement of the enlightenment that now we are, we are just so highly gifted intellectually and more superior than the mystery itself. We try to define everything. And now God is giving us so many more concentrated, revealing mysteries unveiled with scientific evidence that there is real flesh, real blood, real tissue that is communicating something just so so powerful. And, and I, I just, I can't help but think, like, how, why don't people <laughs> realize, just see the consistent uh, evidence that is just so present from the very beginning of the apostolic church all the way up until the present, present moment? And I think Ryan Scheel uh, gave a, a really good point, you know, Thomism in the sense of like St. Thomas the Apostle, the one who doubted, you know, I always, I always reference St. Thomas because I have a huge devotion to him. And I think a lot of us kind of look down on him and they're like, Oh, he doubted and whatever, but no, like God is merciful and God took the hand of the one who doubted and, and placed it in his side within his wound right next to his heart, where all of those tissues, Mm -hmm. all of that blood was, you know, it's almost as if Jesus is still miraculously in mercy, drawing us to the mystery of the sacrament of sacraments, the Holy Eucharist, to open our eyes so that we may say, along with St. Thomas the Apostle, my Lord and my God.
3: That was that was very eloquent. That, did you have that written down? No, brother, I'm just inspired wow. by what you're talking you about. And I'm, movie I'm, I'm, sitting, here, I'm movie. sitting here, I'm sitting
2: here, I'm sitting here researching, and I'm like, you know, sacramentum, you know, like the, the sacred you know, oath the, you know, you break open the etymology of it, the sacred oath. And then you sit there and you look at the Greek translation, which is mysterion, which is mystery. And that's what we're talking about. I'm listening to you guys and
3: my heart's just getting built up with a lot of enthusiasm. Because- the scriptures come alive even more by looking at these Eucharistic miracles. Because what did I say? The tissue was the tissue was living. Yeah. And Jesus says in John six, I am the living bread that came down from heaven how else does that make sense? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And, uh, another one is so like my wife and I, we have, so I have a uh, 18 month old twins. They're awesome. And <laughs> they have these little books, you know, memorizing Bible verses. And one of them is, is one of them is Proverbs trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I understand. So Amen. I think that's so cool. Like trust in the Lord with all your mind. No, with your heart. Right. So the the, the heart of Jesus and lean not on your own understanding. Like we can't fully understand these things, but by receiving the Eucharistic heart of Jesus, we can have that trust. And one of the things we're going to do in this movie is we're going to hopefully interview uh, physicists. So Catholics that had their PhD in physics to, you know, talk about transubstantiation and we're hoping to get a, a CGI, like computer generated imaging of transubstantiation to really bring it to life to so many people. Where you know we we can't fully understand it, but to have people that are at you know the upper echelons of education and and science to say yes, I believe in this, and it is not contrary to science, which God created. Like I, I guess the thing is, is that I hope that through this, everything will be pieced together, and we'll truly realize that science and faith don't contradict. Absolutely.
1: Now, one of the things that I think really speaks to that point of of, of of the scientific credence is we talked about the A B I think it's A B positive and I think we didn't we did another episode where I said A B positive or negative and I got the wrong the wrong one and all the people who work yeah, with blood like, professionally oh,
4: like
1: that. yeah well yeah. no it was A B positive and one's a universal donor one's the universal receiver
3: yeah anyhow we yeah, got to so real quick so on gonna, that I'm not going to speak to that now A B blood so. Like, for example, in Lanchano, which we'll get into, and Buenos Aires. Well, Buenos Aires, they didn't test the blood, but in Lanchano, it was just AB. There wasn't a, an RH positive or negative for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on the Shred of Turin, it's just AB. They, they weren't able to get, you have to have a certain amount of blood to get the positive or negative. But in Tixla, they did for the first time ever get an AB negative blood by two tests in two different continents. So that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool to think that. Uh, now, what exactly does
2: that mean? Because I am not yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. Delacrosse, are you feeling the same way I'm feeling? Well, there's I a, a know, lot of
1: questions. O positive, of negative.
3: Yeah, so. So what does that mean Exactly. That is the rarest blood type in the world wow, so um but it's very common in the middle east and uh th- there's a lot more to go into because in some ways it's the universal donor in some ways the receiver so uh i'm not i'm not a Phlebotomist or whatever, so I I wouldn't be able to to say the best way. But uh, again, let me tell you,
0: let's just all
2: give him credit (laughs) for that. I don't know. Yeah, right. Let's give give Jesus a big shout out right now. Yes, exactly. You know, like he is the universal donor and the
1: receiver Um, of all sins. So look, in either respect, (laughs) for all you people who work with blood and who are correcting us, I'm not making the same mistake twice. Theologically it works either way. You guys who are experts let me know. No.
2: And and yeah, definitely join in on the yeah. comment section and educate us because I would appreciate I it.
1: Can't believe I didn't think to research that because I got it wrong last time. That's I can't true. believe I'd let myself do that. Yeah,
0: and we had a we had yeah. a phlebotomous <laughs> Yeah, You did.
1: Multiple. Did you really?
3: Oh yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that such That's a cool word? It
1: is. It is. Yeah. So to the point of A B. Negative, positive. Blood type was not known for many centuries after the miracle of Lanciano, right? There is no way that they could have anticipated that, right? And exactly. additionally, there's other miracles that happened before the discovery of blood types where you wouldn't have been able to say, well, okay, well, going forward, we know, hey, uh, Lanciano is A, B, so that whenever we're going to fake one, make it A, B because there was multiple different instances where they all have that same concurring blood type of AB. So there's no way that medieval or ancients could have faked that and kept the ruse up except for a statistically improbable coincidence. Now coincidence and statistical improbabilities can happen, but I find it so remotely impossible that it's, less likely to believe that than that a a miracle happened. And that's just one aspect of it, the blood type. But Lanciano, I think to me has always been, and it's probably the most famous Eucharistic miracle. Uh, And the story goes, and Ray, you can get into this a little bit more, but there is a Basilian priest and um, Basilians are still in Italy today, but they're dying out. There's a great article about that going around right now. So check it out. But He was doubting the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And when he got to the elevation um, during the mass, the the host turned into that that flesh, that miracle occurred. Now, notwithstanding the blood types, that was in the eighth, well, the ninth century, right? There's 815 something around there. That tissue still exists today. Look, I, I've look, I, I've had sandwiches. In in my tissue fridge. doesn't last that long. It just doesn't. There we go. No,
3: no, exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. You know what's cool? You ready for this? Thomas Aquinas wrote about it. Really nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he didn't actually say lanchano, but he said there are instances where because uh, transubstantiation isn't technically a miracle um, because of the nature of it, but he mentioned there are times where it turns into flesh, um, or other things. So you can check that out in Summa
0: saying that transubstantiation is not a miracle, even though it changes the Aristotelian thing of the, the Aristotelian accidents. There you go.
1: But it's a sacrament. Uh, It's not a material. It's not a miracle because it's not bending the physical laws of nature. It's not, Making a change that is physical in nature, it's metaphysical and change in nature, and it's in essence and in reality. But for a miracle, you know, that's you know, get your hand chopped off, your hand grows
3: back. Yeah. That would be a miracle, not a sacrament. There, it's yeah. a distinction not in not theology. A starfish. That was good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now so Lanchano is amazing, it's the most popular one. I'm going to address two myths attributed with it. Again, I go into this in my video, but the first one is that, and these are, these are myths that are sh- said by uh, very famous Catholic speakers. Um, and the first one is that the world health organization did uh, you know, uh, 500 tests on this. And they found that it was truly the Eucharist uh, like the flesh of Jesus. And they were amazed that didn't actually happen. Um, so Dr. Franco Serafini actually went to Lanciano, and they, the the friars opened the vault, and he read the document, and it was just tests on Egyptian mummies and whatnot. So that's the first myth. Uh, unfortunately, like there's actually like Lanciano World Health Organization, there's like a cover sheet, so that that could have led to it uh, the the misunderstanding, but there was not tests done on the actual uh, tissue. At Lanciano. So that's a, a, an important thing to share because you see all over the internet. And I scoured the internet trying to find this and was very thankful that he'd gone into the research and, and read it himself in the original Italian because well, I, I'm not going to It's good that you're desire. being critical because so often you can just say,
1: well, well, I saw it on the internet and they said the World Health Organization. And then when that gets debunked, that just that makes you more skeptical than you would have if they didn't need this fake evidence. So it's good that exactly. you're... You're doing actual research, going to the original sources, and not allowing just hearsay or, you know, internet evidence color what you're trying
3: to present. Yeah, you know, I always try to find like original sources, um, and like if if it's up to me, like I want to read what the doctors wrote. So you'll see that in my video. We'll we'll talk about at the end of this um, where you can actually find the documents that I found um, and, and all that, but. The other, the other myth is that, uh, and i have actually seen this and looking this up, like if you type in like Lanchano, like atheist, there was someone that called into an atheist and said, well, you know, how do you describe Lanciano? Like, how do you explain that? You know, there were five uh, coagulated pieces of blood that were all of different size, but they weighed the same, whether it was together or separate. That was a, a myth that came out. And uh, in 1970, Dr. Linole did not verify that, you know, that's one of the things attributed to it as well. So... Again, you can, you can check out my, my nine-minute video if you want more details on that, but that's, again, another one that's really thrown around, and people are amazed and, and uh, whatnot. But it's important to not be spreading those, because even I myself, you know, I've, I've done scanning electron microscopy, like that was what I did in college, and you know, scales and all those things. How in the world can a scale that, that has like one piece this big? be equivalent in, in mass to, you know, 20 of them, you know, so it just, those are things that it, you know, to me, I would be skeptical of, and, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, he he addressed that. So have now on to the... Have you guys
0: ever seen that DVD that somebody put out like 20 years ago about the science of the Eucharist, and he did some of the research? I don't think he's done some of the research you've done, but um, can you speak a little bit about that? Because I'm sure some of the people that watch have seen that DVD. I know I have, um, where or are, there where other are productions? you parting from that in your research? Cause it sounds like you're going into like Mexico and some of the other places, but there's already something out there like that, but it, it might be good to tell the audience, some of the people that have seen that DVD what, what's different about your movie what's different about your uh, documentary.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> pretty much what's i haven't actually seen that one so i'll have oh. to if you oh, could yeah. send me uh you know where to, to find that yeah that would be great but what we're what we're going to do in this movie is uh and, and i'll just answer this and go back to lanchano for a couple more things is the way i always pitch it is that there's not a movie that you can hand to anyone no matter where they're at in their faith and of course. uh and and say, check this out, and let me know what you think, you know, whether they're an atheist, they're falling away, um, they're agnostic, whatever, you know, they're hardcore fundamentalist, uh, like Protestant, um, you can't give them something that will help pique their interest no matter where they're at. Some things are like maybe too t- scientific. Some And I'm sure you in, in listening, people are like, all right, I really lost me there, you know, uh, or there's no scripture, like a lot of people might be like, well, what about the scripture in this, you know? So Or some people might not even care about either of those. They just want to be entertained. So we're going to create a movie that, you know, talks about Eucharistic miracles, gets into the apologetics. um, And then like how the Eucharist changed people's lives and continues to change people's lives. So one of the scenes I'm really excited about is John six, where Jesus says, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And it's the only teaching where disciples leave Jesus and the verse that the disciples leave Jesus is six, six John six, six, six. 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 Yes. Right. You know, so that's, I mean, it's amazing. That's and there's exactly
2: like, where the devil's going to, to attack is, yeah. at, is at that very source and summit. Now, before we go back to Lanciano for the most important points that, that you're going to share, Ray, I'd like, I'd like shield to tell us about something really important. That's coming up very soon with one of our sponsors, Exodus 90. So, yeah,
1: this year, Exodus 90, a men's. Catholic spiritual exercise for detaching from the world, from finding true freedom from all the addictions and all the uh, concupiscence that locks you down is starting on January 4th. Uh, Exodus 90 is a really excellent program. Uh, it, It teaches you how to get closer to Christ and become a better man for your family, for your church, and for your community through ascetic practices prayer and fraternity it's free to get started go to exodus90.com forward slash catholic talk show you can get the app for free um it takes 90 days it starts on january 4th takes you all the way up to easter um it has room in there for any type of um days of feasting so there's there there's it takes into account all that but it is a really excellent lenten um ascetic practice to get more out of who you are as a man, as a Catholic, as a father, and as a son of Christ than, um, as a, than you've probably ever experienced. So go to Exodus90.com forward slash Catholic talk show to learn more. It starts January 4th. Now, Father, why don't you tell everyone about our other two sponsors?
2: Now, if you're trying to figure out what to do during those 90 days, maybe if you aren't you know, yet uh, oh, you got yours. It's beautiful. by a scapular a brown scapular. Let me tell you, you know, since we had a show on the brown scapular and Simon stock and our lady of Mount Carmel, you know, I have had a ton of parishioners come up and I've enrolled them and I am just so grateful for the show. I'm so grateful for scapulars.com, one of our sponsors. And let me tell you, I've had many scapulars in my life I think this might be my last one because, I mean, I pull on this thing and you could take a shower with it. I mean, you don't have to take it off when you're playing sports. It is a very strong, strong scapular. But the greatest part about it is the strength of the spirit behind putting on the habit and the virtues of the Carmelite order and really being covered by the mantle of Our Lady and the promises therein. Now, one of the promises that I will make to you for our other sponsor, Ave Maria University, my promise to you, if you know anybody out there searching for a school or a university rooted in the tradition of the Catholic faith, there is not one greater school than Ave Maria University. I love Ave Maria so much, over 35 majors. They've got master's degrees, PhDs, graduate programs that are tremendous. And it's set in Southwest Florida, beautiful climate. And the best part about the university is truly the Eucharist at its very core and very essence of of who the community is and based on the source and summit of our faith. So check out Ave Maria University today.
1: Very good, Padre. Yeah. Ave, fetus at Radio. They have faith and they have you know all the skills that you need in the you know in the world today. Definitely a great union of that. Now, now before we get out of here um, and finish this episode, Ray, you had a couple, few things you wanted to add about Lanciano, and then we also want to play that full trailer as well so that everyone can get excited about this uh, documentary that you have coming up.
3: Yeah, definitely. So Lanciano was the first ever scientifically analyzed Eucharistic miracle. So in 1970, Dr. Eduardo Lonoli, he is a pathologist. He did a study on this, and it's actually on PubMed. So anyone that is in the medical field knows what PubMed is. It is like the biggest medical library in the world. Uh, You can't find the actual document on there, but you can find that it was in a journal at one point. I found the journal. It's in Italian. So uh, my friends, Ashley and John Narona, translated it into English. So if you go to my YouTube channel, you can see the Italian on one side and the English on the other and actually read it yourself. Uh, The thing that's the most incredible about that is that we're talking about how this tissue is from the 700s. When he did the analysis... He said, quote, it showed ratios of normal, fresh blood. Wow. So this 1,200, 13-year-old, 100-old tissue seemed like it was fresh. And he he found that there were no preservatives. So that was really the most amazing thing. And, uh, you know, we talked about the heart of Jesus and whatnot. But in 1956, Pope St. Pius XII said, and the encyclical Arietis Aquas, Nor will it be easy to understand the strength of love, which moved Christ to give himself as our spiritual food saved by fostering in a special way, the devotion to the Eucharistic heart of Jesus. Mm. Now that was the first time that Eucharistic heart of Jesus was coined and very popular in the church, but how amazing that the Holy spirit really works through the church and that it guided the pontiff to write Eucharistic heart of Jesus. It wasn't any other body or mind or whatever. It was the heart and to see that 20 years later they would discover yes this is indeed the heart and all of <laughs> these miracles would continue to show that his heart can heal our broken and hardened hearts so it's amazing
2: now one of so, my, one of my favorite latin quotes is cor ad cor loquitor mm. heart speaking to heart and ray we want to say a big thank you to you and your team for putting together a display and a production of the heart of Jesus Christ giving us evidence, drawing our hand into contact with this mystery each and every time we process up to receive the Eucharist at Mass. My brothers and sisters, those of you who are listening in, those of you who are viewing our content on YouTube, remind yourself as you're going up to Eucharist this very next time, you are receiving the true body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And your amen enters into that oath sacramentum sacra holy mentum oath you're entering into an oath of god's promise of salvation for you and to realize that mystery and uncover it yet still more i hope that you're going to check out ray's material coming very soon now ray how can people get in touch with you how can they follow you and how can they know more about this trailer that we're going to share in just a moment
3: yeah, so my YouTube channel is The Joy of the Faith. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all those things. Uh, I also have thejoyofthefaith.com. But the movie to support us in the movie, um, go to the go to christianchannel.com. Uh, one of the cool things is for anyone that pledges over $1,000, we're going to have a red carpet premiere in California. So this is going to be just like any other movie. We're going to bring everyone together. Um, there's a uh, There's some pretty big actors that are going to be in this movie, so this is not going to be like your typical Catholic Christian movie. It's going to be extremely professional. Again, going to be directed by an Oscar award winner. And really, I think bring devotion to the Eucharistic Heart of Jesus back. You broke up
1: there, Ray, but I'd say that getting anybody in Hollywood to do things on the <sighs> Eucharist is a miracle
2: in and of it, itself. It is. I was like, yeah, let's yeah. go. And then he
0: stopped. Yeah. Oh, it's it's <laughs> phenomenal. The,
2: animator, the animators that Ray has on this project, the yeah. people that are involved, and it's really spreading it's worldwide incredible. the feedback he's getting. It is. It's absolutely it's incredible. incredible. All right, guys. So thank you so much. And let's roll the tape and check out this trailer and we'll see you next week.
3: This is my body. For centuries, Christians have debated what Jesus meant. Was he speaking symbolically? Did the bread become his body? Does it even matter? This is the most important debate in Christianity as the answer changes everything. Christ has given us a series of Eucharistic miracles where the bread has transformed into his flesh to show this truly is the body of Christ. These miracles have been studied by medical doctors from around the world with cutting edge technologies, but unfortunately most Christians don't even know that they exist. To share this truth, we are making the first ever Eucharistic miracle movie by a member of an Oscar award-winning team. Using the best in 3D animation and visual effects, we're going to make a movie that's so impressive that you could share it with anyone. I'm the director and the DP for this movie. I have 35 feature films on my belt. I've been playing almost every role in this filmmaking from concept, storyboard, producing, writing, animation to D D, special effect. We will go into the theology of transubstantiation and Jesus' Eucharistic command with the best theologians in the Catholic world. We will also consult doctors, including those who have personally analyzed these miracles. These doctors will address questions that both non-believers and believers have difficulty understanding. A misconception that our culture has is that science and faith contradict. In this movie, we're gonna consult physicists and other doctors in various specialties to show that science affirms the truths of our faith. This movie is exactly what the world needs right now. We want to make a movie that shows the truth in a way that compels anyone to ask, could this really be Jesus? Whether it's your fallen away son, your evangelical sister, or your atheist or agnostic neighbor. We live in a world that's starving for quality, holy content, and we can't do this halfway. To make this a professional production, we're going to bring in animators who've worked at Disney and Lucasfilms. Can you help us make this a reality? Because we will need your help. For example, just eight minutes of animation will cost over $30,000. We will also have historic scenes to film, international travel, and more. Also, Catholic means universal, so we want to make this a truly universal film. And with your help, translate this into 12 languages, so souls across the globe can see this movie. Blessed Carlo Acutis was the first person to share Eucharistic miracles with the world. Please help us pick up where he left off. All you have to do is go to thechristianchannel.com and click on Crowdfund Films. When you click on Crowdfund Films, you're gonna see Eucharistic Miracles. Our deadline for this movie is January 4th, so right now is the time to make this movie happen. Now, for $35, you get digital access to this movie when it's released on Corpus Christi of 2021. Now, $99 of your pledge gets you the digital access and also a one-year pass of the Christian Channel app on Roku. So any pledge after $99, you'll allow you to get your name on the big screen when we release this movie, Eucharistic Miracles. Did you ever think there would be a Eucharistic Miracle movie in theaters? That's our goal, June 2021, to release this movie in theaters. We can't do it without you. So make a pledge, christianchannel.com, and please keep us in your prayers. Have a blessed day and God love you.